Welcome to episode 162 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian the Sauce Sharkley. Hello. And Matt Casal. Hello. It is Monday night, August 8th, and tonight we're going to review Suicide Squad. Some of us liked it, some of us didn't. We're going to unpack this entire thing and get to the bottom of it right after housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. Let's just get into the suicide-ness. I'll try to do this real quick. Go to mixos.com. Check out these strips, the podcast, the reviews. You can check us out on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic, and the classic episodes at mixospodcast.libsyn.com. And now let's just jump right into the uh, suicide squadness of it all. Last week we went out to see Suicide Squad for a mix uh, a mix sauce. A meat sauce. <laughs> hey, mummy. Went out to see Suicide Squad for a meat sauce field trip. Uh, we were luck- lucky enough to get uh, pre-screening passes from our good friends at New Dimension Comics. Uh, we went down. We saw Suicide Squad. I was pretty excited about it. The closer we got to showtime, the more excited I got. Uh, thinking, <clears throat> yeah, you know, it's you know the Harley show, the the Will Smith show, but we're also gonna get to see like extended bits of Jared Leto's Joker. We're going to get to see a little bit of Batman. We're finally going to get to see this movie that DC and Warner Brothers have been showing us almost frame by frame for the last year or so. <laughs> so I, I was going I was my excitement was probably pushing a 9 going in. Were you really? I yeah. was by the by the time we were in our seats and the lights were going down, I was pretty juiced. Yeah, I was jazzed for for months so I must have been at a 10 if you were at a 9 because I asked you I was like hey are you excited you're like yeah 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 I was like yeah let's fucking see this movie I'm ready (laughs) what's funny is what's what's funny is talking to each other immediately after (laughs) all the tables turn yeah Matt were you uh, what do you think where where would you put your excitement going into Suicide Squad oh I guess about a 7 maybe maybe a 6 I think that's fair, too. That's not too high, not too low. No, I mean... I think 9 and 10 is, like, fucking... We're, we were nuts to be that excited about this. Yeah, I think I... I, um, I think I let a lot of hope play into my excitement. That And since it's all been, you know, squashed and now, I don't fucking care about anything. But I think Whoa. I let my hopes play into... That's bleak. Play into That's dark my, like the DC universe. Right. I think I'll let my hopes play into Suicide Squad. And, uh, for me, I think it it lived up to some of those expectations. Didn't quite reach the bar on a couple others, but uh, ultimately, uh, planet Earth hates it. So let's DC just stop. Just stop right now. Well, well, planet Earth hated it like. The second that we walked out of our preview screener, I went on my phone, I looked up what was going on, and critics were already pulling the entrails of this movie out and just biting them, murdering this movie. It was crazy how vicious and how... I I, I think it was worse with this than it was with Batman v Superman. Like, people were like, I don't know if it's mad or gleefully excited to shit on it or like I don't know what it was but people were really happy to call this movie a piece of dog shit 
I don't I don't really understand why people dislike it so much. So you liked it? I did. I enjoyed it. There were, you know, parts of it that maybe I wasn't all that crazy about that uh, you know, I wanted a little a little something different. But ultimately, yeah, I um <clears throat> yeah, I, I liked it. I liked way more of it than what I didn't like about it. I agree with I don't know why people hated it as bad. I think I'm trying to wrap my my mind around it. And I think I I'm really getting into an understanding of why people just like to they really do just like to shit on these DC movies. Like I know that's conspiracy theory and all that, but they have had a lot of fun. People on the internet and online really do like to nitpick DC movies in a way that you don't see, not just Marvel movies, just movies in general. People aren't nitpicking Jurassic World like this. People aren't nitpicking other fun popcornish movies in this I, manner. I don't think it's a conspiracy, and I don't think it's your imagination, because a lot of reviews that you'll read that kind of tear this movie apart can't help but compare it to a Marvel film. But for whatever reason, um, Guardians of the Galaxy is the main one that it gets compared to. Um, but they speak about Guardians or a Marvel movie in such a positive light, and then they trash Suicide Squad in the next sentence. Um, it, it's not a coincidence. Like it's, it's being compared and held up to the standard that is a Marvel movie. Um, and it's it's not fair. It's not a fair um, comparison or an evaluation of it as a movie because it's, it's its own thing. I heard things like, this movie is poison for culture. This is a culture poison movie. And I'm like, yeah, what? Like, what? it wasn't really that that What The what? highlight on some of the relationships in this movie are bad for... American society was this I, right. reviewer's point, which I think is fucking nonsense. Well, yeah, we've been saying that for fucking years. This is a movie about villains. This isn't Guardians of the Galaxy. I understand where the comparison comes from for Guardians, but these are villains. They're bad guys. The bad right. things they do in this actually aren't bad enough. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, is, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy are a bunch of scampish rogues they're all fucking good guys they're all good guys every one of them is a good guy I didn't see any of them like biting someone's neck out or cold blooded murdering someone see, which is what the Suicide Squad does like that's who those characters that's are that's not the point that Ian was making he was saying that the Suicide Squad was not bad enough people were and, and people were <laughs> like chastising it for being these are terrible right and, like, and, I'm, and I'm leading up to that yeah. point oh, sorry, but th the first point is that they shouldn't be compared to Guardians of the Galaxy because the Guardians of the Galaxy are straight up bright and shiny heroes but yeah Peter Quill's got some got some swagger to him he's got a little Han Solo in him but at the end of the day Han Solo is a bright shiny hero I understand where this comparison comes from. It's the same time slot in the summer that Guardians came out. Yeah. The um, it's a it's an ensemble cast with unfamiliar characters to the pop culture. That, well, not a lot of people know who 
Deadshot and Captain Boomerang are. Right. The, and then the the final point is the way that the trailers were made and presented with the classic rock themes and the Queen music, Bohemian Rhapsody. I really think that those were done on purpose to mirror some of the vibe and feeling that we got from Guardians. I, I, I agree that these, <laughs> these villains weren't villainous enough because right. I've been reading these characters for a long time. We've said it on the show multiple times. No one, no one's hero should be Harley Quinn. No one's hero should be the Joker. No one's love story should be the Joker Harley Quinn love story. No one's favorite dad should be Deadshot. Yeah, I mean they're they're horrible people. Even when even in Gail Simone's Secret Six run, which is probably the best light shown on Deadshot because he is a father that loves his daughter and will do anything for her. And but in the meantime, yeah, he's going to make sure she's set up financially and try to see her as much as she can. But he's also going to do fucking coke off some hooker's asshole before he fucks her. Like, that's who he is. Was that in the movie? Unfortunately, no. It should have been. I would have loved that. <clears throat> you know, they, we get to see that Killer Croc is cannibalistic. Now, just and backing up for a second, the, the cocaine off of a hooker's asshole... Um, couple things. Wouldn't the cocaine go in the asshole and make it kind of difficult to get to? Or would you Well, that's why you got to have a strong nostril. Your nostril game has to be to put it in the... Well, see, I was thinking you need a strong asshole game to pinch it tight so that it's just like a little surface, right? <laughs> I just want to put the disclaimer out here that none of the McSauce podcasters have ever done coke out of a hooker's asshole. I was thinking, like, butt cheek. You think butt cheek would that work? Don't now, you need like flat surface? Did you know that's a round surface? This sounds like something that is in the Suicide Squad porno parody, which, by the way, came out before. Oh, who's in it? The actual, um, the actual movie. Like it was out in parody form. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know who's in it. I heard on the radio today that it was. It's actually. Out. Yeah, like um, you know, another another criticism. Brazzers, Brazzers.com. Brazzers. Oh, they do great work. Brazzers. Brazzers. Okay. Um, leave it to Paul. Another. Don't leave it to Paul. He do you like? Do you like how quickly he, he corrected like correct you? Like did, I did. How quick were you? I was like, Braz, Brazzers. Get you it right. Didn't even finish that last ass. Right. Like I, I, I didn't go look up a lot of a lot of criticisms, but one that keeps popping up in my periphery is that. It was cut weird, and it's a little choppy, and parts of it are kind Jeez, of slow. Does that sound familiar? But, and I'm like, well, yeah, but, like, personally, I'm no cinephile. Um, I had no problems with the pace of the movie. See, Or I, the way it was cut together. Like, I thought, if anything, um, I thought all the, the character intros were a little weird at the start, but I also thought they were pretty cool to actually to the way they did all the graphics you know each one of them you know like had their own you know, font and you know styling for all of that stuff i thought it was really neat and once you once you get through all those and, and get into the movie i thought it was put together really well i don't think that that's where they're pointing at it being cut weird or 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 being strange yeah, it was the pacing was strange and it was cut 
oddly, but not that not those introduction parts. It was just all throughout the well, movie. Yeah, and I, there like, is a gen and there is a genuine reason because it was cut strange because there were two different cuts of the movie that were made after Batman v Superman came out and it came out to not a great reception from critics. Warner Brothers freaked out and they went back and they saw the great reaction from the trailer which was put together by a company that makes trailers. It's called Trailer Park. And they, and Matt, you know this then, they assembled their own cut of the movie. David Ayer has a cut, uh, Trailer Park has a cut, and they screened both cuts, and they came to an understanding, from what I understand, Matt, and sort of spliced together both of these cuts. Right, yeah, it was a, a mixture of the two cuts that kind of diluted the vision of each so um it probably didn't make for the best results and i don't know this for sure but it definitely feels like the latter part of the movie was more affected by these cuts than the um the first half because coming out of the movie i did feel like it was a tale of two stories or two movies where i liked the first half and i liked the pacing but I did feel like the second half dragged. I remember thinking, as we were probably about halfway through the movie, I remember thinking, I really like this. I really like this movie. This is very good. And well, then at I what slowly, point in the movie were you thinking that? Um, I would say probably right around the point when they start their mission in um, Metro City. So when the helicopter goes down? Right, Probably right around there, yeah. The lead-up was very good. It was very briskly paced. Um, I felt like there were, there really was a distinction between getting to that point and then once they got in, in, in the city, it, it, it did drag. It really did. And, um, I mean, it doesn't mean that it was a bad movie because of it, but there was a difference. The thing that I'm kind of bummed out about is... I feel like the trailer park influence is all that fun stuff that you got at the beginning. Like that's um, that felt very similar to the trailer that we got. Once we got into the city, I feel it's more of like a David Ayer movie. I would love to know who did what. Me too. You know, like for real, um, because the the character introductions were my favorite part of the movie. I thought that they did an incredibly good job. You know, I, I love the Batman sequences with Deadshot and Joker and Harley Quinn. Um, and I don't... I just can't tell who did what, especially with that intro stuff. But whoever did it, they're the reason that that movie was salvaged as far as I'm concerned. Um, and whoever was more responsible for the for the end really probably shouldn't be involved going forward with uh, with movies. Another with DC movies. Another part of this that I can't really fault David Ayer. He's a fine filmmaker, but um, they only gave him six weeks, or it only took him six weeks to script this movie. And I feel like if you gave him a little bit more time, and this this movie was put up as a summer tent pole, I'm not sure that that was the greatest place for it. Maybe if you put it in a slot in February or March where it doesn't have the bright heat of the spotlight on it, maybe you can get away with some of the things. Or or you can refine some of the script and find better ways or more fleshed out ways to do things. 
when you rush through and and do write a whole movie in six weeks, you're gonna have some flaws, some mistakes, some weird pacing things. Um, I wish the layman had as much access to getting their word out there and getting their opinion out there as these cinephile critics do. Because I think the bulk of all the criticism we're hearing is from people that do this as their quote-unquote job. You know, we're not, you know, talking to Vinny down the street and asking him what he liked about Suicide Squad. God damn, Vinny, yeah, that dude he probably likes a lot fucking of good stuff. It. Right? But instead, we're dealing with, you know, these legitimate critics that are, whether they will admit it or not, are having their opinions, you know, preformed by what's already happening in the DC universe. Taking that into Suicide Squad, you know, bringing it into, you know, a movie that may be kind of goofy. I don't think there were any real pacing problems. I think just the ending was the problem. Like, I don't... The fucking weird Ghostbusters ending was the problem with it. I think if you have a much different villain, a big bad at the end, and the the entire ending is worked out differently, that makes up for whatever pacing and storytelling problems that people are claiming this movie had. But the villain was bad. I think that was the... Not, not just the villain was bad, but a lot of the promise of this movie is... Hey, this is going to be something that you've never seen before. This is unorthodox. This is crazy. These aren't heroes. This is a villain's movie. And I and all comic book movies, I mean, save for a handful, have not the best villains, have thin villains throughout. So it's hard to slam Suicide Squad for having not a great villain whenever they actually have probably the best villains of any comic book movie because they have all of the villains. But... The fact that it was super cliched when you're kind of expecting something quirky, off the wall, and different. You were kind of promised that it was going to be different. And then it's big bad, ending the world, building, you know, something in the sky, energy in the sky, and big energy fight at the end of the movie. That's like the most cliched thing that you can possibly have. Yeah, the whole the whole Enchantress slash Gozer thing at the end is really, really let me down because I thought it was really great up until then and I was under the impression and uh, I'm, this was purely my own my own hope for this movie that was that the Joker was going to be the bad guy at the end Now I was, was that <clears throat> he was involved and it was all going to be street level but the right. Joker has built his empire up so much and he's so fucking crazy that even the U.S. government is like, we need to intervene here. And this is going to be an insane mission because the Joker does nothing but kill people. We need to put Task Force X We together. need somebody that will kill him. Yeah. Because, you know, Amanda Waller's in the know. She knows Batman's not going to do it. We need someone that's going to end this guy for real. So she puts together Task Force X. Harley winds up being a little bit of bait, and that's... And that's what they're doing. Everything comes together at the end so that it's the Suicide Squad versus the Joker because it it, made, it, it it lifts up the Joker as being incredibly threatening and scary and it also makes for a completely ground-level movie where Suicide Squad, as you said, Ian, 
aren't extending above their pay grade. Because if we're in the shared universe, and there's what essentially looks like uh, a world engine from Man of Steel in the sky over Midway City, I mean, shouldn't Flash be showing up? Shouldn't Wonder Woman be showing up? Maybe even Aquaman shows up? Like, we're in this world with heroes. Like, shouldn't we... I mean, if... Certainly, they see this big fucking thing over the sky. They're going to show up. Sure, you can rationalize it. Well, you know, this thing's also taking down... Uh, it's it's taking down um, the Navy. It's taking down the U.S. military. So, you know, maybe Aquaman is busy taking care of the the um, the carrier. What the fuck are those things called? Uh, aircraft carrier? The aircraft carrier. Maybe Aquaman's taking, t- helping out the aircraft carrier. Maybe Flash is I like that taking, you refer it as, like, there's one. Because I couldn't get, I couldn't get helicarrier out of my head. And I know <laughs> <laughs> that's not right. So, you know, maybe they're off doing other stuff, like saving other things, but, you know, this is too big for the Suicide Squad to handle in this universe with godlike beings. And, that- and they put it in there. Amanda Waller says... In their meeting that they have with uh, the Pentagon or whoever is, hey, you know, what if Superman came down, ripped the roof off the White House, and took the president? Well, so we're going to assemble a squad, you know, a team of uh, villains that can stop that. Well, I'm sorry. I don't think that Captain Boomerang and Harley Quinn are properly equipped to handle any of this, any of the shit that happened in the movie. If Superman would come back to life, anything besides ground level shit. Like, you need a different team to handle what just happened in this movie. Right, and granted, that was out of Waller's control. She expected that they just needed to handle the Enchantress. As we saw her earlier in the movie, where she's just creepy, super scary, very well done witch. Not like super being that's, you know, channeling lights into the sky. and, and She reminded and me stuff. of Eva Lynn. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Her her dress was yeah. like Evelyn from Masters of the Universe. So I love Cara Delevingne as June Moon and the Enchantress. Did you love her as June Moon? She didn't really do any business. As June Hated Moon. her as Ultra as Gozer. <laughs> yeah, she stunk as Gozer. She, I don't like. I get like you know we want to make her kind of otherworldly. So someone's like Cara. Do these weird hip motions. Act with and, your hips. Yeah, and it was just, it was just really fucking bizarre. As much, I, I really did like this movie, but all the weird enchantress stuff at the end, even with like her brother, who's essentially big the, bad number two. Big bad number two from Thor. Oh, the, the devastator. Yeah, uh, the destroyer. Destroyer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like a shittier version of the destroyer. <laughs> the yeah, the Dalsim like we version of the destroyer. We were really going in a good direction. <laughs> Uh, even, even if because Enchantress herself, when she's God. creepy and witchy, I mean she's powerful enough. One just of my as fa- herself. One of my favorite little bits is when they call Enchantress in that first meeting, and the hand comes out and flips oh, her around. How that's fucking great so that? fucking creepy. That's some of the best horror shit. Like, yeah, that's that was awesome. I wanted, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be great. I, I want, I want more of that. No, nope, that's it. We that's didn't all you get. More of that. Like, I wanted some. Like, whenever, you know, the scene where she's in the hotel room and she's laying in the bed. And, like, I thought, yeah, she didn't have a whole lot to do as June Moon. But the little stuff she did play, she played really well. Like, she played terrified really well. But, like, when she's laying in that bed, like, I wanted more of that 
creepy stuff to happen. Like, something to come up for, like, the Enchantress to come up from under the covers. Yeah. Or, like, what else does the Enchantress do, like, with the her power? Like, she's got to do some creepy shit. A hand coming out of your hat. Yeah, um, like, I, um... Going down her jeans. There something, were... Hopefully. Yeah, some original Ghostbuster shit. Seriously, she was a ghost that gave uh, blowjobs. Blow yeah, ghostly Hummer. There were, yeah, like there were some really, really cool things, and I really did like this movie. I don't want to linger too long on the stuff I didn't like, um, but Enchantress was there was a lot of potential there that never got used, and the way they wound up using her at the end was just too, too big and weird. Matt, you've been awfully quiet over there. Have I? I think so. Ian, would you agree? Uh, yeah, yeah. Matt doesn't like to interrupt. I, I like to interrupt. That's my thing. That's what oh, I do. I know. Look, Don't I know it. Right. It, I've realized it's a losing battle to try to, like, have conversations with you guys, so I let you do the talking, and then I get my turn. I think, at least. I think it's going to work like that. Is zinger. It, that wasn't a zinger. It's true. I get that interrupted a, a lot. Slam. Matt likes a soapbox. That's really what <laughs> I it do. is. Oh, I love <laughs> it. Is it. Is it my turn? Yeah. What was the question? Did you up here, buddy. Hold on. Um, So, wait, was there a question? I I mean, we're just going back and forth. We're having a nice, lively conversation about what we liked. What what were some stuff that you liked, Matt? I don't want to linger... Actually, I think he was talking about what he didn't like. Yeah, I don't want to linger too much on what I didn't like. I I don't think, like, we're good at doing that. I think we're still touching on stuff that we like, because we're still hating, but we're like, oh, but I like this piece. My my point was, like, that's the biggest thing I don't like. The way Enchantress was handled, they were above their pay grade. Yes. Matt, whatever you want to talk about, you know, spinning out of... Paul, I agree with you. I think that um, the Enchantress was great when she was kind of that creepy-looking witch girl, but then when she became Gozer, she just lost all of her scariness, um, and and it really um, emphasized the point that uh, the Suicide Squad was well out of their league um, in that particular movie, and it kind of, like, didn't jive with kind of the whole intention of creating the team. Um they just weren't equipped to handle a god. And it was especially frustrating, I think, at the very end with Harley Quinn essentially being the character that kind of saves the day for the the quote-unquote heroes, if you will. And uh, I thought... we I only wish we had that eye roll sound effect. Who rolled their eyes? Me. Oh, d- do you disagree with what I said? No, I, I agree with you entirely. My eye roll is... For the hype of Harley Quinn. Yeah, and like Harley Quinn can serve a purpose on the team and be some comic relief and maybe like save someone at some point, but she's not the one that's going to be taking down the god by like, haha, tricked you with pretending like I was going to join you, but I really didn't like, come a fuck on. Like, as soon as she walked up there, I was like, wait, no, no, Harley Quinn's gonna fucking save the day? Yeah. Like, get the fuck out of right. the city. It's just Marketing. Like, right, it's the popularity contest that determines who, like... The who, prom queen. Right, right. And so I didn't, I didn't love that. Um, speaking of Harley Quinn, I thought she was actually a very well-done Harley Quinn. About as good as I could have expected in terms of, like acting and everything and seeing a real life Harley Quinn, you know, come to life. Um, where I kind of had problems was not in Harley Quinn, but more in her relationship with the Joker. It was, uh, incredibly like loving, especially on Joker's end. Um, it was, it was 
over the top uh, romanticized in kind of a weird like natural born killers kind of way that just kind of didn't jive with the way the Joker always treated and kind of saw Harley Quinn like he cared about her but never at the expense of his own ambitions or his own plans like if she ended up being collateral damage then that's what would happen and, and he would even be the one to kill her if that's what it came to yes I agree 100% that did not sit as much as I liked Jared Leto's Joker I fucking hated that right I hated I, it I didn't so like fucking bad. you know like wrapped up jealousy like that to me like that's not what Joker does the, right you know like Joker is like I like Harley Quinn but Harley is wrapped up, emotional, obsessed, will do anything. And Joker's like, ah, you know, you'll do some stuff for me. I like you. You can hang around some. Is is this because we are students of the animated series, or is there is it different in the Arkham games? Is it different in more modern? I don't stories? think so. I don't think it's ever been represented with this kind of love on from coming from the Joker. And I feel like it's more of an indictment against the filmmakers not getting the Joker as much as them not getting Harley. Like, I feel like they got Harley just fine. The Joker is where they struggled, and frankly, they struggled a lot with the Joker. Number one, they didn't know what to do with him. He did not need to be in this movie, period. You could have mentioned him or whatever, but he didn't have to be there. He served no purpose. If you take him out of the movie, the movie still works completely, 100%, even without him. I feel like if you did them only in flashbacks, I think that would have been better for this movie. I don't need him coming to find Harley Quinn or looking to try to get her back. Maybe at the end, if if they're captured again and he comes in at the very end right. and you've only seen him in flashbacks, then and that's fair. Speaking of the flashback, the sequence with him and Batman was neat. You know, it was basically we already saw it in the trailer because it was very short. But um, I totally expected that we were going to see Batman knock out the Joker's teeth. And that would explain the, the weird mouth that he had. And that didn't happen. He already had the fucked up teeth. What are those? It's not a grill, right? It's it's, it's like, like cap, like replacement teeth. Yeah, like dental work gone bad or something. Yeah. You know what? I don't really like the their prosthetics in real life. And I don't like the effect that they have on... On his delivery, right? Yeah. yeah I don't. And I think it's like it makes him snarl more than maybe... He wants to. It makes right. him like drooly. Like, right. And like I know those are things that we're like, oh, it's so fucking great that Heath Ledger did it. But maybe it's just like the second time around, I'm just like, oh, I don't want to. Well, see Heath that. Ledger didn't have fucked up teeth. He, he had um, mouth prosthetics that made him his deli- It changed his delivery oh, and okay. it changed the way that like a lot of that lick, that lip licking, yeah. was because of the prosthetics, and he was just incorporated incorporated it into his performance. Well, okay. I mean, but that didn't affect the, like, it sounds like a slight speech impediment with Jared Leto. I agree. Where, as with Heath Ledger, that's just part of the character. Like, it didn't sound like it was affected. Like, you couldn't tell something was being affected the way clearly his mouth prosthetics were affecting. See, I, I accepted that as part of who the character is because Perhaps. if his teeth are affected that much... Yeah, he's not going to speak the way he always spoke when he had all of his real teeth. Right. Um, 
it was yeah it was kind of a bummer that we didn't see like kind of how that came to be I, I picture like in the one Indiana Jones movie with River Phoenix when he you know puts the scar on his chin by swinging the whip and he like hits himself and that explains Harrison Ford's scar like that would have been a cool moment if you see Batman just walk up to Joker and punch him in the face speaking of punches in the face when he punched Harley Quinn in the face underwater that was a really good moment yeah that was great <laughs> Do you think that maybe we'll get some of that stuff in the solo Batman movie? Like, I hope I, so. I like I that. Don't know what like, do the do like throw it back. Do the origin story of Batman and Joker and like fucking do the do um, death in the family because they hint at Harley yeah. being involved with yep. Robin's death. I'll see do that. I'll do see. it. I liked I liked this Joker. I liked the way that they hinted. At a lot of classic Joker things. Yeah. Even if we didn't get to see him wear the purple suit. Right. It's that, an acknowledgement, though. Yeah, you know, you said after the movie that, you know, like, you weren't happy with him being, like, a mob boss. But... Who said that? He Well, I did, like, not just a mob boss, but, like, kind of a guy that hangs out in the nightclub. Not, like, a cool nightclub like the Penguin might hang out in, but, like, like with, you know... 19 year old sluts yeah but like and I like the I like the filthiness of that Joker's crime empire like him and the uh, iceberg lounge front running penguin can absolutely exist together in that same universe you know penguin's the guy penguin's the slippery guy that you can't really pin anything on because he's intelligent and you know he's sneaking everything you know, through all these, you know, all these different lines and everything. But Joker is the fucking hammer to Penguin's scalpel. So, like, Ooh, him existing... Look at that analogy. In that, in that world like that, it's... It echoes a more ferocious nature of the animated series Joker. Do you feel like that this was akin to the animated series Joker? Or do you feel like maybe the last representation of Heath Ledger was, like, closer to the animated series. No, I feel like this was... I feel like this is still closest to the animated series version of the Joker. I think that the Heath Ledger version was something totally different that we never could have seen coming. Yeah. That was delightful once we actually got to see it and has since incorporated itself into how we feel and think about the Joker. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I will say this. Uh, the... Jack Nicholson version is the one that's the closest to the animated series. Um, I feel like this one kind of exists a little bit on its own. I mean, yeah, the you have like the gangster element where he's kind of like somewhat head of organized crime, whereas and he really was the Heath Ledger one was too, but on maybe a smaller scale. I like the force of nature that the Heath Ledger one was. I just watched The Dark Knight again. Um, over the last couple nights, I uh, couldn't make it through. I kept falling asleep, but um, getting old sharply. But that's a shame, buddy. Yeah, I know. But uh, it, I really think the Heath Ledger one um, is is far and away the best representation of that character ever. See, it's not. It's not. It's not my favorite. I think he's too. He's too crazy and too unpredictable like the Mark Hamill animated series Joker is 
the joke. Well, I yeah, like I mean, the, I'm talking live action. The Jack Nicholson version is... Th- that's how the Mark Hamill version starts. Right. That's where he gets his start in the business. Mm-hmm. Then he becomes the Mark Hamill version. And then eventually graduates after Death in the Family and the Killing Joke into the Jared Leto version. The Heath Ledger version, for as enjoyable as it was, just had completely different motivations. It was it was a creation to onto its own. To Batman and Gotham City, like that's a different version of the Joker all on its own. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it took themes of what the Joker is and wrapped them up and did something interesting with them, but things that I don't think have hints in the comic books very much at all. And he was great. But Heath Ledger was fantastic. All that said, that's my favorite live action Joker. Now, over this weekend I watched the Killing Joke animated series, animated version of the classic book with Was Mark. that as bad as they say it is? It's pretty wacky. Holy shit. Oh, it's man. it's I will say that it is bad, but <laughs> but the point that I was trying to make is that when I was watching the Joker and watching Mark Hamill perform the Joker, I was like, God damn, like this is the creepy dude that I wanted. Like this is what I wanted from uh, Jared Leto's version, and I feel like he straddled the line. All that said, he doesn't really have enough room to do it. Like he didn't really have anything to do in this movie. And when he was in it, it wasn't a lot. So it's almost unfair it's to judge him against top build. True. No, you know, top true. build both both Jokers that true, we've true. already seen. The um, the Jared Leto one, unfortunately, was the the best way I could. The, if I had to take it down to one word, he was irrelevant. He I would matter. say forgettable. I like the foundation that we got. Uh, I don't you I you don't really. You know, you get that, you know, he takes a bath in the acid, and that's why he has the white skin, but... Uh, Do we I've, like I've, that little bit? Do we like no. the gigantic swan uh, dive? I, like, I feel like you die just diving from that height. Yeah, I feel like from that height, you know, that fucking acid's like fucking cement. But that, I mean, it's comic books, that aside. I know. Uh, I like, I always like the, the thought that the Joker didn't emerge from the acid with you know like the red lips and the green hair but he's a showman you know he's he has this like arrogance about him and that yeah it bleached him white but he makes the choice to put the big grin on and the red lips and to assume the clown aspect. can we talk about the hand even, tattoo and that makes him even creepier can we talk about the hand tattoo was that fucking totally terrible it was that was terrible terrible i i don't mind any of the tattoos i think they're cool and they're relevant to the joker they're building but that hand tattoo fucking thing that he was doing because i thought was a piece of fucking because they made the tattoo into a story element like it's affecting they did it twice right twice no less and it can can they just be decorations on his body that like, you know like if you notice it oh that's cool hand tattoo I see it. I totally yeah. forgot about the deranged on his head until I was listening to somebody else review yeah he had movie. a Jared Leto did a really good job with um kind of like that quiet intensity like when he would t- just kind of like 
stare, like his his stare was like that that what is it thousand yard stare where it was just like laser focused intense. He nailed the laugh too. Like that laugh was really fucking good. If you watch the trailer again and they they have like where the DC logo yeah, pops yeah. up and it kind of tilts with his it cranks with his laugh. That's a good fucking Joker laugh. Yeah, I, I think yeah you know the the hand tattoo give or take it doesn't matter. It's terrible, buddy. But we terrible. have um, right uh, subjective opinions. <laughs> um, it could give or take it. I don't I don't give a shit. But we got a really good foundation right. for what he could. I agree be. with that. So like if we get a Batman v Joker movie, I mean we could really get a. A really good Joker because I do think he's intense and I do think he is scary. Like I, I was scared for Common during that stuff because you know he's like, well, I'm gonna give you my fucking girl. I was and scared I for Common get, because he wasn't actually a name yeah. villain or anything. I was like, you are totally and going I to get, get killed. All the, like the the jealousy aspect of it all because through that whole scene, it's just Joker playing the tools that he has at his disposal to fuck with this guy. Did you get the jealousy stuff in there at all? Like, I wish it was in that more. Scene? Yeah, I wish it was more flippant in that scene. Like, oh, you can fuck my girl. I don't I, care. Like, I think that would have been more to the Joker that we know and yeah. the Harley Quinn relationship that we know. Right. And that would have played into Harley's eternal need to satisfy and make the Joker want her. But I, I like the way he didn't let Common know. It was all a joke. I feel Granted, like Common knew that, the, though. That's the, why he didn't have sex with In the entirety her. of the movie, the Joker is super crazy in love and keeps going after Harley, and it's horrible. But in that one scene, I I read it as Joker's playing that card because it's a tool that he's going to use to get what he wants out of Common or just kill him. So he, you know, he, like, leads Common on. Like, yeah, I really love this chick, but I'm going to... Give her to you, and that puts Common on his heels. I didn't read that. I thought that he was saying, like, go ahead, say that you'll have sex with my girl so that I can then kill you. Right. I wanted it to be more, like, it's despicable, but he's a fucking villain. I wanted him to be like, yeah, yeah, go have sex with my girl. Like, I don't care. And and Harley to be hurt by that because she's obsessed with him, but the Joker kind of doesn't give a shit. Uh, Yeah, I like the more torture aspect of torturing Connor because if he's just like hey yeah whatever do what you want then Common does it and then he gets killed boom but I like or then he gets what he wants from Like, I'm telling you this but you know I'm not really telling you this so go ahead and he's getting off on Common's fear that whatever Common does at that moment he's fucked and that's the scary joker that I want to see more of. I like where you're coming from. We're going to disagree on this, but I, I can see what you're saying. I agree. I also agree with your Joker Harley point in that situation to further Harley's storyline. So we, we talked probably for a half an hour on the Joker, which was more than he was. But, but the thing is, the thing is, that was one of the, the big draws of the movie, right? Like He was in really all was. the marketing, right? Right. Um, that was, he's the most famous of all the characters that are, that's in the movie. Um, and, like, somebody here tonight said, it, it laid a good foundation for uh, what's to come. And I'm really hopeful that the Batman movie that they make 
is death in the family and i hope it's the the batman versus joker movie that yeah i know we, tim burton gave us one christopher nolan gave us one but fuck it let ben affleck give us one too like i want to see that please please give me that because what are you going to put the joker in suicide squad 2 i no. don't want him to be the ancillary suicide squad character. well i also think that i also would be in line for a joker harley movie where it's just those two because margot robbie uh, i think that we touched on before i think we all liked her i think that she under a tidal wave of hype was able to match that hype and deliver a harley quinn she's great on on screen like you said matt that was pretty fucking close to what we expected Harley Quinn to be. It's, it, so I'd be I, on board for a Harley Joker movie. Yeah, I couldn't have asked her anything more. See, I I don't need a Harley Joker movie. Um, it it should be a bounce a Harley a Harley Joker movie. I'd be in, you especially guys, not no. with the way that they treated the two of them together. No, keep her um, in Suicide Squad too and be done with it. I I, <laughs> I would like to see the Batman movie with both of those characters as the bad guys of the movie, and you know, fuck it, I don't care. Have Robin square off against Harley Quinn that would be cool um I kinda one last thing I kinda wanted to see the Joker at the very end kill Deadshot I thought that would have been kinda cool where like why because Deadshot and Harley started to bond and I could see the Joker not really liking that very much and he could have just simply like in cold like kinda remember what Joker did to Bob the Goon in um Bob gun right kind of something like that just very casually kind of like or like um spoilers uh in the departed the way like um leonardo DiCaprio's character goes out just like that you don't see it coming i thought that could have been a really cool end to that movie but if you don't like the way joker's love for harley is treated why would you want that story beat. Because it's so flippant. It's so, like, casually killing someone. Just because, like, I don't I don't really like that. Like, it's not, it's not like this raging jealousy, like, where he's out of his mind, like, losing control. But, like, he just doesn't like it, so he's gonna change it, and he's just gonna kill him. Very casually the way that he did in Bob the Goon. See, I kinda, I, I kinda like it more that he'd see that and be like, alright, I'm interested. Let, let's see how this plays out. Because he doesn't... He shouldn't really give a shit about Harley. So, like, now he's... he's to a challenged degree. by to a degree. the world's greatest assassin. To a degree. He, he, he doesn't care, but at the same time, that is his plaything. You know what I mean? Like, that's his, and he doesn't share. Did we... <clears throat> did we like the Harley Deadshot romance towards the end? Yeah, because like, I don't think there was romance at all. That was a business relationship the entire yeah. time. Okay. Yeah, okay. I didn't. I didn't get a romance. We all understand why he didn't shoot Harley, right? Yeah. Why? Because he he didn't want to be a toy of Amanda Waller at that point. Well, I why thought he's. What? What's that? Why do you think? Well, because he's started to like her. Like he liked. He didn't <clears> want. <throat> no. Okay. What's well, the official reason? All right. Because he doesn't kill women or children. That's true. If that was Diablo on that line and his freedom with his daughter was the goal, he'd have done it in a heartbeat. But Deadshot lives that by his is, own code. Yeah, you're he right. He doesn't kill women or children. Yeah, you're right. And they do uh, say that 
in the movie, so you're 100% right. Yeah, I didn't get any emotional attachment between between there the two. Some lucky, oh, there were some lucky, there were some eyes, there were some, let me That's carry you. That's not being you. stupid. There, yeah, there was. That's, that's being ignorant to the fact that those two characters did bond. I'm not going to say romantically. Yeah, me and you have bonded quite a bit since we've known each other. Right. Neither one of us wants to fuck the other. I would right, totally but say romantic. Neither one of us wants to shoot each other in the heart. Either. Well, <laughs> but... Yeah, but I mean, like, if I was if I was facing like prison forever, I'd kill you in a fucking second. Uh, like, maybe you I would. didn't. I didn't pick. I think that I didn't get any romantic okay. stuff between them. That's, it was, that's, take the romantic no, aspect no, out. It was a business relationship. Okay, working for both of them under this time of extreme stress. Okay. They developed a respect for each other, no, but that was so. it. No, you I, think that you think he. Was, I think that I they. Think I, like I think that the direction of the movie tries to hint at there are some romantic notes there. I, I don't even agree with that, but I think the direction of the movie indicates that the Deadshot character is becoming like reformed. He's he is turning a new leaf, like. I mean, look at the ending where he's like doing homework with his daughter and stuff like but that. But he's also teaching her how to yeah, but, murder. Yeah, but that was for like comedy purposes. I heard a lot of people having a problem with that and having that be a problematic scene for them. That's because ridiculous. you can't teach young children to murder. Well, if you're a if you're a great assassin, then you should pass along the family business. Well, I that's, think that's. That's why, the that's movie. That's why just so great in the comics because they can do that stuff. It's not that he's teaching her, you know, how the wind affects, you know, a bullet when it's going from point A to point B. It's that that's how he knows how to help her with her schoolwork. In his heart, it's altruistic what he's doing. He's helping his daughter. The only way he can do that is the way he knows, which happens to be. By killing people. And, and then he can go back to coke off bubbles, and it's fucking no sweat for him because he's taking care of his daughter, and he's still being a selfish prick. And I feel like the joke is his he wasn't bringing his line of work into the you know geometry or algebra problem, whatever it is, math nerds. Geometry. She brought all of that in. Like, the daughter brought that in because she was like, yeah, Dad, I, I know what you do a living so um were there other bits of Suicide Squad we talked about the main characters and you know the main points of this movie what else did we like about it um well I mean the movie had great like design to it like graphic design and marketing and all that stuff uh those kind of like 2D um simplified like headshots of all the characters that were almost logo-esque in their design and the color schemes and everything i love that i feel like it is so iconic to that movie now you know like when you see those colors or you like see the purple those, and green and yeah yellow, the neons like, and everything mm -hmm. like i think of that movie and you know i know that dc's really running with it too i mean all the posters look like that and they've even branched it out into like um, real merchandising like I saw a pair of um, the, some of the new uh, Converse DC Converse that they make and one of them is like those shoes like Chucks that have the um, the Suicide Squad heads on them like that I was very tempted to buy a pair of those they re-released the Assault on Arkham 
animation, uh, the feature animation with uh, reworked cover art, which reflects the Suicide Squad vibe and the neon um, palette. So that, yeah, they're really going for very, it. Very, very uh, iconic and very well done. Um, I'd love to see whoever did that do do the next one or do uh, you know the next DC movie. I I think it's awesome. Um, I liked I liked a lot of the cast. I thought Jay Courtney was great. Is it Jay or Jai? Fuck cares. You know what? I got Courtney g- was great. Yeah, because because <laughs> wait wait time out time out grammar police because I'm pretty sure it's Jai. I'm pretty sure it's Jai. All right. So, Jai Courtney. I'm just saying. Oh, I got. I have to agree with you because um, <clears throat> one of the worst movies I've ever seen was Terminator Genesis, and he played. Um, who the fuck did he play? Kyle Reese. He was Kyle Reese, a buff. Yeah. Version of Kyle right, Reese. like the Arnold Schwarzenegger version of Kyle Reese. Right. And he was. He couldn't have been less likable in that movie, like truly. And at the same time, in this movie, he couldn't have been more likable. It's the weirdest thing. I thought I hated that actor, but no. I hated Terminator Genesis and the filmmakers that made it because they don't know what they're doing. Because clearly this guy is capable of so much more than he than he did in that Terminator movie. I thought he was great in this. Uh, I really like Joel Kinnaman coming out of this. Like I thought he played a great Rick Flagg being reluctantly subservient to Amanda Waller. Agreed. Uh, you know, keeping his motivation, trying to save June Moon, is trying to still be a hard-ass up against Will Smith and the rest of the squad, but, you know, still trying to... Still no understanding that he needs all of them to see his mission through. Like, he really surprised me. Uh, Viola Davis was fucking Holy awesome. shit, was she What awesome. a great Amanda Waller. And Jay Hernandez Diablo is really fucking cool. I love that he was real quiet and reserved. You know, they kept him in the background for for the for the bulk of the movie, and like all the. Um, I could have done without the Will Smith line. I was just trying to get you there. Like that was a little too Will Smithy for me, but. Uh, I, I loved all the Phil ja- the Phil Jackson stuff. Yeah, I was again in with, a little too Will Smithy. I was me. in like I was in with this Will Smith Deadshot like. He was great. He he was really charismatic, charming. Because did his action thing, because like, other than being black, he's essentially Gail Simone's dead show. Yeah, yeah, and that it's what we learned that you know color color doesn't matter. It's it's what you bring to the role. Yeah, he was he was great. Like you know, Katana was you know. Actually, I loved Katana. I did. She was all right. She didn't have enough to do. No, I wish she had didn't. More to she looked yeah. so cool though. Right when she showed oh, up, she I was like, oh my great. god. Yeah. Like it's like it's those moments that really like drive home the fact that I'm a huge fanboy when they when they make the character look like they're supposed to like that in and of itself because this character didn't do all that much but the fact that she looked right was all that mattered even when they're doing the Captain Boomerang profile and he gets busted by the Flash because. Captain Boomerang is a Flash character, right? Mm-hmm. Like even the, the little stuff like that, I was like, "Fuck!" And that was yeah. a cool, that was a cool surprise because yeah. they didn't spoil it in any of the trailers yeah. or any of the previews or anything. As 
fans, we went in, and I was like, oh, holy shit. Yeah, that's Flash, said. that's so cool. Yeah, and as hard as I was about the black and the costume and Ezra Miller, and I still reserve the, the right. The black and the costume, the Asian in the costume, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. But it was, it, it was cool seeing just all of those comic book facets in the same place doing the things that I've read them doing for so long. I loved whenever uh, Will Smith's Deadshot kind of like takes everything over at one point and jumps up on top of the jumps up on top of the car and starts being the best assassin in the that world. That was awesome. And snipes the fight and like everybody can't do this, but I can do this all by myself. Well, and snipes the fuck out of nameless faceless raisinette monsters and like whatever the, bit, the fuck they want. Even the bit when they're testing him to see how good he is. And, you know, he's, he pick, he's starting to pick up all the guns, and he's hitting the targets, and you're like, all right, he's hitting them all in the head. That's great. And the longer the bit goes, you realize he's shooting through the same hole every time he's shooting. You're like, holy fuck. Yeah, yeah. I think he was really fleshed out, well-thought-out character. Yeah. He was great. Harley was great. Viola Davis, Amanda Waller, probably the best on screen Amanda Waller that we've ever seen because we've seen a couple of them, right? There have been like TV versions and the um, Angela Bassett version, which was a little too the sexy. best Amanda Waller because we got to see her murder in cold blood people that did not deserve it, which you don't get to see in the animated series or you know the Justice League cartoon. Like that was fucking brutal. She was ruthless. You're like, holy fuck! How fucking great was she? So, currently, we're standing at a uh, 26% on the old Rotten Tomatoes. Holy cow. 26% is below the BVS line. That's like the Mendoza line. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's below what BVS got. What? Where's Thor the Dark World? Which I watched this weekend. It's a really great movie. I really liked it. <laughs> you asked. I mean... You fucking liar. So much fun. I had fun. I watched it. I clapped. I ate popcorn. I, I've got two questions that I need you guys to look up answers to. What is Thor the Dark World's Rotten Tomatoes score? And what is Iron Man 3's Rotten Tomatoes oh score? Oh my god. Yeah, Matt, this, you showed us I, an IGN rating comparison between Iron Man 3, which is a, not a good movie, and Suicide Squad. Right. And they were way, way off from what they should have been. Right. But everyone hails Rotten Tomatoes as the site. Rotten Tomatoes is the truth. The truth among truths. So you want to know what Rotten Tomatoes gave Iron Man 3? Hmm? Ian, what did Rotten Tomatoes give Iron Man 3? Well, I can't do that one because I got all excited. Ian, give me I can the, do give me Thor the, the Dark World. World. Let me reiterate that Suicide Squad, which we just talked up, and we gave a pretty shining review. We haven't given numbers yet, but we have said that it was really good. 26 on Rotten Tomatoes, Thor the Dark World, super enjoyable film, 66, <laughs> Swaz on Cease, uh, Mario Lemieux, great, 66. Matt, do you have Iron Man 3 keyed up? I don't. Um, Ian, can you do Ian that? Ian can do that. Uh, but yeah, like, so, a lot of the problems that I have is the, um, the reaction of uh, a lot of like fanboy type websites like your IGNs and, and websites like that. Um, it, uh, it's, I almost fell out of my chair. Um, that number is so ridiculous. Um, but 
I, I think that there is... So here's, here's the point that I, it's important for me to make tonight. There is clearly a bias amongst fanboys and even like amongst the more mainstream like movie reviewing um, populace. There is a bias against basically all things DC. Uh, they can do nothing right and their competition um, seems to be able to do nothing wrong. And if it doesn't have the Marvel logo in front of it, and that does um, include like the Fantastic Four, so like you know that being a 20th Century Fox property, that guy it doesn't. Hammered. That guy fucking. Crushed, That's my dude. point. That's my point. If unless it has the Marvel logo in front of it, unless it's a Marvel Studios movie, it's just not good enough. Now, granted, the Fantastic Four was not a good movie, but. Um, it seems like if it's a comic book movie and it's not Marvel, it's not worthy of your time or your money. And that is simply not true. I believe that the last three offerings from DC are just as good, if not better, than a lot of the most recent Marvel offerings. Marvel Studios, you're talking Marvel Studios. And, and certainly that's up for debate. I mean, like, I liked Batman v Superman better than... A lot of Marvel movies. I liked it better than Ant-Man, and I maybe didn't like it quite as much as Civil War, but I really liked it, you know? And I really liked The Suicide Squad, and I really liked The Man of Steel. And I think that these movies are rated so disparagingly uneven. Like, it, it they're held to a, a bizarre, like, different criteria... Meanwhile, they're compared to each other constantly as if they're being held to the same criteria. It's it's this double standard that I, I can't understand other than it just comes down to fanboy bias. Same thing like you'll get at Marvel versus DC, Xbox versus PlayStation. It's it's this like... I like to call sports mentality. It's, it's a total sports mentality. You latch your hopes, your dreams... And the dollars that you spend to a team or a brand or a company. The thing is, it's not good enough for your product to be great. The competition has to be complete and total garbage. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You have to constantly degrade the competition as if it is unworthy in every single way. And I think we can prove how ridiculous this is by looking at these scores. Like... I had queued up the the example over the weekend. I showed you guys the the 5.9 that Suicide Squad got on IGN versus the 9.0 that Iron Man 3 got on the exact same website. Now, collectively, I think we can all agree Suicide Squad is a superior movie to Iron Man 3 in just about every way. Yes. And so, so that's one website. But Ian, Rotten Tomatoes supports this even further. Rotten Tomatoes is held up, and for a long time, and I still hold Rotten Tomatoes as the barometer for critics, fans, to weigh in and let their opinion be known on films. Again, in case you're just tuning in, Suicide Squad, a 26, the lowest movie to clear $130 million on opening weekend to have such a terrible Rotten Tomatoes score. Iron Man 3. 79% fre rated fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. 
Iron Man 3 is a terrible movie. I don't know if we watched the, if this movie happened while we were doing this podcast. I hope it was. I'd love to go back in the archives and listen to what we said about Iron Man 3 because I think that like we all hated it. It's going to be a bummer when I go back and I listen and I'm so, like, oh, it was fucking great. I, mean, I don't really love it. It's so funny. These are the kind of things, though, that makes you realize you cannot base your opinion or whether you're going to go to a movie based on the opinions and usually the uninformed and or biased opinions of these people that are reviewing this shit. Like, the Fantastic Four, the, the original one, the one from 2005 with a blonde-haired Jessica Alba, got a 27%. They said that was better than Suicide Squad. <clears throat> Fantastic Four 2, The Rise of the Silver Surfer, got a 37%. These just don't hold up in any meaningful way. So, what I think the takeaway is, ignore the reviews and just kind of go make your own assessment and... I don't think that you'll be let down if you go in with an open mind. Um, the thing that I found glee in is the fact that this movie fucking killed it at the box office. It slayed the competition. It slayed the movie that it had been compared against. Like, as, as they keep, um, you know, beating this movie down, beating it down, and they keep saying how great The Guardians of the Galaxy is. And this movie demolished it at the box office. It did crush it at the box office. Um, Guardians was a really good movie. It let's was. not let's not do the same comparison thing that we were just. Uh, like, I didn't do rail. that. I'm just saying. I didn't do that, but I like the fact that he this, didn't do it, Ian. This movie. I'm just saying. I'm a horrible zombie. Didn't do it. This movie is is getting beaten with the Guardians of the Galaxy stick. And it's like they took that stick and broke it over their knee because it's it's just it's so nice it's to see. Getting, it's getting it's just getting beat by the critic stick. We saw it Tuesday. We saw it a couple days before it was released, and I'm so fucking sick of having to fight the argument right. of, well, I was gonna see a Suicide Squad, but I don't know. It's getting bad reviews. Well, well stop being a fucking sheep. There Why is don't you go see it and the make thing your own is, Paul, There is an outspoken minority that that revels in things failing um especially because you know they've they've made up their mind that this is a terrible piece of garbage movie so they want to be right that's the most important thing in the world so what they're going to do is um they're going to tell you yeah it made a lot of money but you just wait for that second week drop off and then you know oh it dropped 65 percent in one weekend they're going to find glee in that or um I I read I think it was on IGN again where IGN panned it and in order to like justify their their harsh criticism of this movie they talked about how this is in quotes air quotes there are reports that it needs to make 800 million to break even <laughs> and I just thought how expensive were those reshoots right and I thought wait a second wait a second. Movies don't have to make a billion dollars to break even, number one. Number two, reports. What report? Do you think you might want to cite that source? But it's just in an effort to like, yeah, this movie was a failure because it didn't make its money back. Because they know $800 million, it's not going to make that. So that way they can be justified in their Like, what are the movies that make that kind of money? 
They are your Jurassic Worlds, your first Avengers, your Star Wars movies, well, things like, like that. That's a that's a fucking stupid argument. But like, when you went to the when you went to the bathroom, I like the argument that I've been fighting all week is the layman's argument. It's the ground level, you know, boots to the street. It's the Suicide Squad argument. The ground level street villain argument, the, lunch, the daredevil argument, the, the lunch pail argument. It's that, like all week, everyone's like, I don't know, it's getting bad reviews. Well, why don't you go be an individual and determine that for yourself? Because it's not a bad movie, and I always go back to it. Star Wars got bad reviews when it was originally released, and it's one of the one of the most beloved movies of all time. No. I'm not saying Suicide Squad is going to be a new hope, but it's that's just not what you said. Bad, that's what you said. It's not a bad movie. Don't listen to the critics. Everyone's different. Don't go on Rotten Tomatoes. Who the fuck knows what's going on? Because we did with that those for scores. you. Yeah, like hey, come just, here just for go your see Rotten it. Tomatoes. Just go see it. Yeah, you why can, would you visit the website when you could listen to an hour-long podcast to try to to weed that information out? I'm so fucking sick of having a fucking fight for. This movie, and you know, I, I, find I shouldn't. You know what? If you want to be dumb, and just go by the critics, then don't go see it. As much as I fought for this movie, you, like, don't, de- I, you don't deserve to enjoy Will Smith's <laughs> gorgeousness. Like as much as I fought for this movie, I, this isn't my favorite movie of the summer. This isn't my favorite movie of all time. I like Thor: The Dark World more than this movie. Like, but, but you don't like Injustice. And, I don't, and, and that's the thing that I'm upset about is the like blatant and flagrant pooping on this movie that people are doing since we went to go see it early. A lot of people have been asking me, like, hey, what did you think, blah, blah, blah. I posted a strip online, like, hey, you know, and it, which opens with, I didn't love Suicide Squad. And then I go on to non-spoiler related reasons why I did like, of the things that I did like and what I didn't like and all that. And I've been having people come in, even to this point, like saying, hey, like, I went and got a friend of mine, Jesse, I went and saw it, and I was pleasantly surprised. It was great. Everything you said was right. Even the Joker was awesome, and you were wrong with that, so I'm glad I went to go see it. Like, people, go make your own decision. Don't listen to the critics. They're there to to give their opinions, but their opinions aren't your opinions. Go make your own mind up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking hate being a DC fan. I hate it. I'm so fucking no, tired you don't. of fighting these this fucking battles. This is the perfect spot the for you, dude. You love this. This I, is the I, I eternal struggle. I thought I did. I thought I you did love, love the eternal struggle. But at this point, I'm fucking tired of it. I'm fucking sick of it. Like, you guys were talking earlier. Oh, the Man of Two sequel's been greenlit. And part of me's like, fucking right. Finally, Henry Cavill will get some much-deserved time as a real Superman. But on the other hand, I'm like, everyone's gonna hate it. And I'm gonna have to fucking fight the same battle I've been fighting about Man of Steel. You love People that. just don't. What? I said you love that. I love Man of Steel. You love fighting this. I don't fight. love you really having do. to fight dum dums. Because it is. It's it's people that are just like, mm, it's not Marvel. It's not Robert Downey Jr. Well, so the fuck what? It's something different that has a lot more depth, and a, and a lot more parts that are gonna make you think. Oh, you don't want to think? You're fucking stupid. Go enjoy those fucking 
dumb-ass Marvel movies that you can just eat popcorn and drink soda and make your fucking brain fat. Because that's all it is. It's fucking entertainment sugar. That's right, because the Suicide Squad is the caviar of the comic book movie world, right? <laughs> Just like those those monsters, that's what they were. They were caviar monsters. <laughs> caviar faces. They get you juiced for a little bit, and then they're gone. All right, gummy. guys. Mana, so Man of Steel supports you. Paul, you do, you, that long after do you have time. anything else to say, or was that the end of the rant? Well, we need to finish our polynomics. Oh, I know we do. Uh, is your rant over? <clears throat> yeah, I'm okay. done. Do you guys have anything to add? I don't think we can follow that with anything but a score. So, Paul, why don't you give it a score? Uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a seven. Uh, the Gozer stuff at the end really fucking let me down. Uh-huh. Uh, I really loved the Diablo versus Destroyer bit at the end. <laughs> you know, I loved you know Diablo being you know the quiet part of the team, sacrificing himself at the very end. For the team, but ultimately all the weird Cara Delevingne, Enchantress slash Gozer stuff just ugh, super weird. Seven. Ian. I have to open with I have to uh, after further reflection I have to bump down <laughs> X Men Age of Apocalypse a little bit at the end of this because the way that I feel about this film is more in line with. I liked a lot of things. I always hold Amazing Spider-Man 2 up as a reflection of I loved some things and I didn't like a lot of things. And I feel like this kind of falls into the bucket of I, I really loved a lot of stuff, but there were things that were problematic. Um... I love Deadshot. I loved Harley Quinn. I mean, it's amazing that they could meet the hype and that they could deliver a Harley Quinn that was satisfying on the screen. More than satisfying. She was fucking great. Margot Robbie was awesome. Uh, Viola Davis was really surprising as Amanda Waller. There were a lot of things that Matt touched on. The marketing and even the end scenes wherever they're the credits are rolling and they're pulling out all the individual characters little um like title cards and will smith comes up with all the deadshot business and like that's really cool there was a lot of cool shit i feel like the twist of the asset they were going into the city to get was amanda waller that was pretty cool lost on like the overall yeah it it gets lost in the hate because that's when you get down to it, when you when you when you look at it in inside the movie, you know, they have they're sent in through all this bullshit, and then they wind up having they get to the goal and they're like, it's the fucking person that put us through all this garbage, to fucking begin with. And in a way, are we dummies because the bad guy of this movie wasn't the enchantress? The bad guy of this movie was Amanda Waller, and she was fucking awesome and the best part of this movie. So are we stupid because we're not actually realizing Players, who Ian. the bad guy Players, is? Ian. You know Onions, what I mean? Ian. That's what DC offers. DC offers an onion, a cornucopia of of layers and levels and emotions. Who is the big bad in Thor the Dark World? Malekith. Done. End. Who is the bad guy in Thor the Destroyer. Done. The end. Or, you don't or have Loki. anything to or chew Loki. on. You, you know? don't have anything to think about through all those fucking Marvel movies. That's it's right. just like, oh, popcorn, soda, yay. What does DC do? It gives you something, layers, something layers to chew on. It gives that's you right. So, 
all of you out there, you heard it here first. The Big Bad was awesome. Best villain in all of comic book moviedom. And it was Amanda Waller. And you heard it here. Well, what does it say about everyone's favorite movies on the fucking planet? That the best villain in all of those fucking Marvel movies is from Netflix. Um, I think that Loki was the villain of Thor. And he was he was a bad guy in the first Thor movie. And he was really fucking great. Loki's too So cool. great that now he's fucking Taylor Swift, so... I'm just saying. He got that because of the night manager. Whatever. That that shows a piece of she shit. Needs Did he her watch that? Manage. Night manager is a piece of crap. Anyway, my ranking, I gotta give it I gotta give it a six. It really was there were a lot of very entertaining Both spots. Those fucking Netflix villains beat any of the big screen rivals, including Loki. I don't think Loki. Loki is pretty great. Way, way more going on for them than Loki. Loki's got a fucking sibling rivalry complex. Boo fucking poo. Get out of here. Kingpin, David Tennant, they've got layers. They do have layers. DC layers. They should be DC villains. (laughs) Matt, did you have a final score for Suicide Squad? I've never seen it take so long for us to get to a fucking final score before. I give it a seven. There, see how easy that was? That was easy, that was a good movie. Yeah. I'm sorry, fans. I'm sorry. Do you have anything to add? Favorite, least favorite? Underrated part? Unsung hero of Suicide Squad? Man, I think we were pretty thorough. I think what I uncovered about the main villain, it was Amanda Waller. That's all me! That's fucking your opinion, Jagoff. We're talking Ian. Or Matt. Matt. (laughs) Matt's really tough. Uh... No, I mean, I think we, we touched on everything, honestly. Um, I think that this movie um, deserves better than it's getting in the press and the media. Um, but uh, it still didn't keep people away, and that makes me happy because I think it deserves the success that it's having. I hope it continues. I hope there's positive word of mouth, um, although it's difficult when the negative Nellies are so outspoken. Um, but... Uh, I don't know. This actually makes me excited for more future DC stuff. You know, like, even that little tidbit of the Flash was really exciting. Um, definitely excited about the potential of what they could do with the Batman movie. Um, it's good stuff. I agree. That's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to the in-depth review of Suicide Squad. Probably the most honest review of Suicide Squad you're going to find on the internet is right here in the sauce. Thank you for listening. My name is Paul McGinty. Dan Sharpley. Matt Casale. We'll see you next time.